Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges, where we hope to encourage parents as they go on their parenting journey. I am your host, Omar Ramos, along with Veronica Avila. And let me tell you, if you're listening out there and you're a single parent or no one, you definitely want to stay tuned. That's right. And as always, we've invited our very own Dr. Alicia Laos. Hello. Hello. Clinical psychologist, CEO of Heavenly Bridges, and co-author of The Struggle is Real. And another very special guest. I actually got to see him uh, play many years with the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. We'd like to welcome uh, Desmond Clark. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Desmond Clark, ex-Denver Bronco, Miami Dolphin, and uh, Chicago Bear. Nonetheless, he founded a nonprofit called 88 Ways to Mentor and Motivate Youth in Chicago and Florida, and is currently working on a new book. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Desmond Clark, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, glad to be here. Glad to join the conversation. And we're happy to have you both here. Desmond, you're a single parent. We're going to talk about that, but we also would like for our listeners to know a little bit more about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, yeah, I grew up in Lakeland, Florida. Um, was there, born and raised first. 18 years of my life. Um, my whole family is still basically there in Lakeland, Florida. After graduating from Kathleen High School, was uh, blessed enough to receive a scholarship to go to Wake Forest University, play football there, had a pretty good college career, pretty good academic career, and uh, was drafted by the Denver Broncos in 1999 uh, in the sixth round. And you know, went through a transitional phase of not thinking I was ever going to make the team. And then 13 <laughs> years later, after three years in Denver, one year in Miami, and nine years here with Chicago, I found myself retiring in 2011. But um, there's been a, a, a lot of transition, transformation, and, and things throughout those years and times. Um, I'm sure we'll get into some of those. But me as a person, you know, I'm, I'm a financial advisor now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my day job, as I call it. But I got a lot of other things that I'm into. Um, one being motivational speaking and um, helping out the youth. Talked about my 88 Ways Youth Organization, which is no longer in existence anymore mm. okay. since I became a full-time financial um, professional. But I'm um, still staying active in the community through um, NFL alumni. been the president of the Chicago chapter, connecting to a lot of children first organizations so um, I keep myself um, out in the community through NFL alumni so in a nutshell that's what I'm doing that's who I am yeah staying busy wow that's a lot (laughs) you've been doing quite a lot and you're also a parent I am a parent Yes, I have four wonderful kids. I'm starting with my oldest, who is uh, up in North Dakota State now. He's a freshman there, also a walk-on football player. Mm-hmm. And then I have three younger ones, 14-year-old twin girls. And then I have my little runt. He's five. <laughs> and his job is just to annoy everybody else and then come, <laughs> come, come run to me for cover. So he does a good job of doing that. That's awesome. I'm just wondering, uh, your boy in college is he playing uh, tight end as well? Or no, nah, he's a receiver. He's a receiver. Yeah, he's not quite as a little quite bit faster than daddy. A huh? <laughs> little bit faster, a little bit smaller, <laughs> and and probably actually used to be a little bit stronger. I don't know if, if he kept that up, but when we used to work out together, he started pushing quite a bit of weight. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for sharing that with us. So uh, when it comes to uh, parenting, single parents have a couple of things to consider. So we're going to go ahead and uh, dive into the discussion after we listen to Sliding or Deciding. So is this good night? It doesn't have to be. We could get another drink or we could go for a walk. (laughs) A walk? What are you, 80? I happen to think evening walks are romantic. Oh, you do, do you? Uh Uh-huh. I could come inside. 
I'd like that. I really would. But we can't. Oh, of course we can. No, I told you. Jack's asleep in there. I'll be quiet. That never works. Then let's take a car to my place. No, not yet. You can't just leave me like this. Oh. You're trouble, you know that? The good kind? I don't know yet. Let me meet Jack. Aiden. I like you. I like that you have a son. I, it, it doesn't scare me. It's nice from a distance, believe me, but you'd feel different if it was every day. You don't know that. Neither do you. And Jack doesn't need to spend another night watching TV with another man who probably won't be there in the morning. He has school in the morning. He needs to sleep. Let me come back in the morning, then. For breakfast. After three dates? <laughs> what else have I got to do on a Friday morning? We can start slow. Don't worry. Cereal, breakfast, pastry, nothing he can't handle. If it all goes well, then who knows? Maybe someday, eggs, bacon, <laughs> pancakes. <laughs> oh, I knew you were trouble. <laughs> all right. Breakfast is at 7. We walk to school at 7.30. You do enjoy a good walk. You know it. I will see you in the morning, then. Okay. Good night. Good night. Aiden, hmm. if for some reason you aren't here in the morning... I will be. I know. But if you're not, I really had a good time tonight. Me too. You know, Beth... I, uh... I, I I really, really got to get home if I'm going to be back here in nine hours, so <laughs> until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. <laughs> Hi, Mommy. What are you doing up, mister? Were you listening at the door? Were you listening at the door? Oh, you are trouble. I always knew it. My son is so much trouble. All right, so we heard Beth who's a single mom, and her son is little Jack. And then she decided not to invite Aiden into her apartment just yet, in consideration for her son. Dr. Laos, how common is this for single moms when they're starting to go back into the dating game? And what should be considered before allowing anyone to be in contact with your children? Yeah, well, that was a, a great skit in terms of painting a reality of the concerns that perhaps a lot of single moms have. Mm -hmm. You've got some extremes where some moms may not even care, right? And they might have one parent after another, or not parent, but, mm -hmm. you know, one paramour after another, and kids get very confused. And in this case, she's being cautious, I think rightly so, because kids, you don't want to confuse them, and, and you have to know the, the people and who that is. So I think some just basic dating relationship things that we need to keep in mind. What are they? Is the person compatible? And do you know them? And, and that's the hard thing to know who it is that you're going to date at the beginning. You've got all the emotions, the romance. There's some other things that take a little bit time to develop. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the tips that we tell people? Get to know the person in different contexts. Are they the same person with your friends? Are they the same person with your coworkers? Do you go to church? Are they the same there? Because sometimes people act one way, perhaps mm -hmm. with your family, mm -hmm. but they don't act that way with others. And so you get a better breath of who they are. And so just take your time and slow mm -hmm. things down a little bit. The tip is get to know someone three months and get to know them in different contexts, in the morning, in the evening, in different settings, so you get a good sense of who they are before quickly jumping in and then introducing them to the family. If they don't work out, it creates all sorts of havoc and chaos for the kids. Most definitely. Great feedback, Doctor. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, pass the mic over to uh, Desmond now. You stated earlier today that you have become a single father as of, as of late. And how are you managing this status now in your life? 
Also, what do you think you have to take into consideration before allowing anyone else near your children that you spoke about earlier? Right. And just out of respect for my wife, I'm not a single father yet. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But um, by this summer, when my kids come up for the summer, I, mm-hmm. I will be. Okay. And one of the things that we've talked about, even with my wife now, is dating and that transition. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, I just feel for my kids, it's not a consideration of bringing somebody else in to meet them because me and their mom was together and now they had a stepmom for five years and I think it's like a little too much and, and and I'm not even necessarily looking at it from their point of view of having another parent. I'm looking at it from how they're looking at me. Exactly. Yeah. And I want them to continue to respect me like they do as dad, as being someone who is responsible and looks after their best interests. I don't want to lose that respect from them of, hey, dad got another mm-hmm. got another girlfriend, yeah. you know, yeah. or something like that. And that's a concern of mine now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when that right time is going to be. Mm-hmm. It may not be anytime soon. I don't think so anyway. But I mean, that's something that's on my mind. When when will that right time be? When will they be be ready to start to engage with another person? But that's somewhere down the road because I, I got to figure out when, when <laughs> yeah. I'll be ready to engage with another person. Of course. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I know, and, and it's very important to take into consideration, I think, for, for the kids' sake and for your sake as well. Dr. Alicia, a research professor, Scott Stanley, came up with exactly this concept that our skit was just called sliding versus deciding. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this is about? Well, it's just the idea that sometimes we don't are conscientious of decisions and we're not making those decisions straight up. And so what happens is we fall into the oops syndrome, you know, like, oh, you know, this is the feeling of the moment and mm-hmm. we fall in love with our head, with our hearts, excuse me, and not with our head and our mind. And so it's like, oops. And so what happens is that because we don't make active decisions, we let things happen to us, then our world starts tightening up mm-hmm. and closing in. We don't have as much options available to us. And so oftentimes, you know, what happens, you end up getting in the sack with somebody too quickly. Mm-hmm. And then because of the, the feelings, the romance, the passion, Maybe this is a jerk, but, you know, oops, this young girl not ends up pregnant, didn't work out. The guy is a loser. He leaves. The world is tightening up. Your options as a single mom that's perhaps young is even more constraining and more limiting. And then, you know, maybe you meet somebody else. You hook up with them. You decide to live in together. Maybe you don't decide to just kind of slide into that situation. You don't have that solid commitment. Then you live with someone. What happens when you live with someone? You end up having babies. And so that's that concept. Cycle. Mm-hmm. It's that cycle. And so the idea is if we're more thoughtful about our future and we make decisions that are more, what do I want? What is the North Star for my life? And what are the goals that I aspire And then let me make decisions that lead me towards that. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be healthier for you as an individual and going to lead you to a better outcome. So it's just being more thoughtful and more conscientious about what our vision is for our life, what our purpose is, what do we want, and then making sure that we purposely make decisions that protect our heart, that protect our mind, and and lead to just more stability. Doctor, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Some of the consequences, sliding versus deciding. So taking precautions when considering a new love prospect is definitely important for any parent. That's one part. Another very crucial part of a child's life is his or her father's active role in his life after separation. Let's listen to uh, this skit. This is called Saturday with Dad. 
Malcolm. Malcolm. Wait here, Benny. I want to go in, too. You can, but first do me a favor. Run back outside to that ice cream vendor. Here, take this. And get your dad a rainbow snow cone. Get yourself anything you want. Do you want anything? No, thank you, baby. Hurry up. Malcolm? Malcolm, wake up. What? What are you, drunk? No, I'm asleep. On the floor? What do you want, Dolores? It's Saturday. And? And it's your afternoon with Benny. Jesus. Do you want us to just go? Oh, uh, no. No, just let me, um, here, give me a hand. I'm not cleaning your apartment. Why don't you just take Benny out for a few hours? I don't have any money. Here, take him to the planetarium or a movie, PG or G. Oh. I'm not messing around. The counselor said we need to enforce boundaries and maintain some semblance of some semblance of normalcy. She also says allowing your regular visits are a good thing for Benny. You're going to make me regret that? Okay. Planetarium, PG movie, pie at the diner. No, Malcolm, he needs food, real food, a sandwich, some chicken fingers. You know this stuff. Anything else? Have fun. I know you can do that. What's up, little man? Hi, dad. What are you standing in the door for? Get over here and give me a hug. Here he comes. Oh, that's my boy. That's my Benny. Is that my ice cream? Did you get me ice cream? I got you a snow cone. Well, let's go eat it in the park. This room's all dirty. Yeah, you're right. I need to work on that. But let's not waste any more time in this boring old place. Let's go. Okay. I'll meet you back here at 7. All right, Benny. We got six hours to cram a whole bunch of stuff in. You think we can do it? Yeah. You bet we can, my man. Let's go. Can you lock up? After you. Benny! 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 (laughs) Benny! Benny! Okay, so we're back, and uh, this is one of many possible scenarios. We heard Malcolm oversleeping during the afternoon. He was scheduled to spend some time with his son, Benny. Fortunately, Dolores stuck around, and they made it work. Dr. Alicia, tell us about the benefits of a father being involved in their kids' lives. Oh, huge, huge. You know, just think about your own life. Think about the role your own father had and how much we long for our fathers to be present. But, you know, just an overwhelming amount of studies show the benefit it is for the kids. It has an impact on their academic studies, their social life, their careers in the future. Will they end up, you know, going towards a track of, you know, juvenile delinquency or will they go towards a track of, you know, purpose in life? All has to do with father's engagement. And it's the script that is really important and it's embedded in in a kid's life and to be able to have a father who's actively engaged that's really important and regardless of what parents are going through it's just important to remember that dads need to show up and you know historically there's been differences in in how parents dads have been involved back in the day I know we had one session that we talked about you know Mm -hmm. generation depression era generations where it was more more the moms and perhaps dads kind of had this presence that was a figure of a presence of a dad that would come in and be the disciplinarian Mm -hmm. But now more and more um, you see study 
studies, the CDC showed a study how much more parents are involved. And that's great. And fathers particularly, they're changing diapers and they're playing with their kids and playing tussle, you know, tussle and bustle with the mm-hmm. kids and playing a different type of games with the kids that is really nurturing and, and it's different than what moms provide. And so it's encouraging to see that movement that you do see slowly more involvement of fathers. And we just want to encourage any fathers out there that definitely be involved in your child's life. Going back into what you were saying about the parents' role back in the day, at least I can say from my upbringing, it was more like the provider or yeah. the disciplinarian, right? And then the mom was more involved. But obviously, I mean, there's so many benefits, not only for the kids, but for the dad says, well, I think I'm a mom, I'm not a dad. So I'm going to ask Desmond, and I'm also going to ask Omar after you respond, how do you make the time to work with your kids? I know some of your kids are out of state. How mm-hmm. do you make it work? Well, I mean, you just got to be intentional about what you're doing. And, you know, I intentionally make time for my kids to call them to ask about their day. When they come up in the summer, I make myself a whole lot less busy just to, you know, I only get a small amount of time. I have to, like, make sure that that time is good um, when they're with me. And just going back to something that you said about your dad, like, my dad wasn't around for me. Mm -hmm. When I was young, that time when my dad was around was, like, some of the best times. And I chased my dad all around the streets Mm -hmm. um, of Lakeland, Florida. And just knowing how I felt about my dad and wanting his attention and wanting him to be there and wanting him to mm-hmm. straighten up and all of that stuff, that helped develop my mindset with my kids mm-hmm. that I never want them to have to long for me. One of my girls playing basketball, I, you know, I, I got to go to a couple of basketball games. Another one is, is a drawer and an artist. So I have to be there and I got to try to draw also yeah. um, just yeah. to share some of those experiences with them. My my oldest, he's um, playing football, so we used to get up and work out at 5 o'clock in the morning That's together awesome. before he went to school. Really, it's just got to be intentional about what you're doing. You mm-hmm. you say slide or decide. Mm-hmm. You just can't slide into a great relationship with your kids. It's, it's mm-hmm. a very intentional thing and just trying to find out how to best connect with them at their level. I think a lot of times as parents, we try to get our kids to come to us. Yeah. Instead of us kind of going to them, yes, yeah. and um, I, I try to go to them as much as possible, and they reciprocate it. They they come to me a lot, also. That's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned something that's key. You you want to try to connect because you don't just want to be there and okay, we're in the same room, etc. But you you want to make sure that they're connecting, and Absolutely. then you'll get a, a good response from your kids as well. And that quality time is amazing. So it's not like you have to be three hundred and sixty five days all around. Mm-hmm. It's when you are there, make it count, and mm-hmm. just build that solid relationship. I love it. Being intentional. Yes, and yeah. that's exactly the question that I was going to ask Omar. I know that you you mm-hmm. work a lot too, and and yes. you have the time with your daughter, how do you make it work even with a busy schedule? Well, like uh, Desmond said, it's very intentional and I have to organize myself a lot because every week, you know, I have different assignments and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but I make the effort. I know that she's fairly young and that I have to be there as much as I can and not because I have to be there, it's because I want to be Mm -hmm. there. I get involved in school activities and things that she needs to get done. You know, thank God for technology. I'm able to connect with her via, you know, FaceTime and we talk, whether it be homework or whether it be some issue that she has at school. And it's funny that Desmond was just mentioning something right now about that sometimes we expect, because we do things for our kids, we expect them to look for us. Mm-hmm. And and I was making that mistake for a long time. I was getting angry because she wouldn't text me. You know, like, what are you doing? I bought you that phone. You need to text me. You literally look for me. <laughs> 
But I was like, you know, these kids are, you know, nowadays it seems like they're overwhelmed with so much stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she wants to be in this, the swimming team, the jiu-jitsu team. She wants to do this and she wants to compete because she has an older sister. Mm-hmm. That's like her competition. So I try to connect with her so I could keep her grounded and that she doesn't go like, you know, cuckoo on me and stuff like that. So, doctor, I'm going to go ahead and over and pass the baton to you again. In many cases, when relationships end, unfortunately, father involvement drops off. It's not in my case because I try to be there, mm-hmm. but I have seen it with some of my colleagues and some of my friends. This is a huge challenge for many mommies out there and even more for children. What are some of the consequences? Yeah. And I mean, that's a good question, but my thought still is in the original Mm -hmm. conversation. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back and ask it twice. I think just, again, you guys both talked about your daughters Mm -hmm. and how involved you are. And I just want to highlight how important that is. There's a couple different studies that have been phenomenal and very interesting in how the role of a father is important in terms of determining the future of that Mm -hmm. daughter's husband or future, because it's what they see and who you are, are you respectable, are you kind, do you pursue her? All of these things, you're showing value to them, you're honoring them, you're being intentional. Mm-hmm. And that's just a scheme for them that shows you this is how you should be treated as a, as a woman. Yes. And so that schema is developed in them and then they when they pursue their own relationships, that is just incredibly helpful. So there's some interesting studies that do reinforce that and just want to highlight and, that part. You yeah. know what? <laughs> when we talk about intentional being intentional, mm-hmm. I'm intentionally trying to make it hard on that man. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's, he's going to have a high, a high, high standard. standard. Yeah. Yeah. standard for sure. Well, good. Yes. good. That's good. That's because good. she needs to be treated well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. It just came to my mind. Dad and daughter Dances, events. yeah. Do them. Do them. The kids get so excited about this. That memory is going to stay there forever. It shows and that you value them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love. But going back to your question, yeah. yeah, it's hard to manage if there's multiple relationships. It's difficult. I imagine it's like you got to become a manager, right, of the kids and the parents and things like that. So that does happen. And, and unfortunately, kids get hurt. They want their dad to be around. Exactly. Um, they long for them to be present. And it's not their fault that mom and dad are not getting along. That's That happens. Adults have issues. And so they just need to understand that's not about them. But kids carry that weight, especially if they don't, if the parents or the dad doesn't show up. So how important it is to show up. Make an effort. I know it's hard. It's difficult to disentangle through the you know the the fighting and the arguing and all that. And but you always have to remember it's your kid. Love them, and that's what they cherish, and that's what they care for. When they don't have that, they start doing mind games. Is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? I'm not lovable, and they start adopting this shame script. Wow. Mm. So yes, definitely, your role is very, very important. And I'm gonna—I know you touched a little bit, Desmond, on this, but I'm, I'm gonna ask both of you because you're both the fathers here. How important was the role of your father mm-hmm. in becoming the father that you are today? Um, I learned a lot through my father mm-hmm. because he made a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Because of his mistakes, it, it was like I'm definitely not going down that direction. Even with my relationship with my with my wife, from what I've seen. Um, with him and my mom. And actually, we just had a, a great conversation a couple weeks ago because obviously I'm going through a divorce. And one thing that I told him is I never wanted to be like you as a husband from what I've seen in my early days because I just found myself being angry about stuff. And I'm not an angry person. I'm not, I just get up every day. And literally, when I get up in the morning and my feet hit the ground every morning, I say, let's go because mm-hmm. that's just my mentality. But you know, my my dad was uh, strung out on drugs. He kind of abandoned the family, put us in a bad situation. He got shot on three different occasions. Mm. The third time, it left him blinded, October 17th of 1989, going in and out of drug houses, trying to find him and just spend that time with him. 
and seeing everything that I've seen. First of all, it made me scared of drugs. Mm-hmm. And I said, I would never do that because I seen my hero go to somebody who I couldn't even recognize in a picture almost. And mm-hmm. then all of the the struggle that he had went through, say, I just don't want to go that route. And that kind of sent me into a direction of just wanting to do a whole lot better. And so when I had my kids, that was my focus. It was, all right, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be present because I wanted my dad to be present. And he wasn't present until after I kind of grew up and, and I was 17, 18 when he got his act together and became the father who he was supposed to be after that time. But it was through his mistakes that I learned all of my valuable lessons as a father and as a husband. So and we, we talk about it today and he embraces it yeah, mm-hmm. because he understands that his his struggles helped his sons become better men. Mm-hmm. So we could sit back and talk about those things now, but it was huge just watching him go through all of his trials and tribulations throughout life. Wow, well, I'm glad you were able to learn. Mm-hmm. Yes. And forgive. And, and forgive. Yeah, that. forgive, yeah, for sure. That was my mom's doing mm-hmm. yeah. because she she never put him in a in a light of being anything but our father. Yeah. Mm. No judgment, no, your dad's a bum, your mm-hmm. dad's a crack at it. She never talked bad about him, and mm. she had every opportunity and probably every right to. She never did. So we never developed that negative energy for our father. Powerful, powerful good stuff, example. Good stuff, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and just quickly here, you know, my dad was a very hardworking man, migrated from Mexico to California, and I grew up on a ranch just watching him, not a very expressive man, but a very kind hardworking individual and I think that's where I kind of developed my working skills ever since I was a, a child so you know I freak out every time I'm not doing something you know like I, I, I need to be working but you know I grew up thinking my dad was not very expressive he never went to my baseball games and stuff like that and I kind of had that void in me and I had that that grudge towards him because I would see other fathers go to the baseball games and the football games and stuff like that and I was like thinking to myself when I get older and I do have a child I'm going to be like like he set up this scenario for me to just kind of like not want to be like him as far as a fatherly figure. Like I wanted to be the best dad. I wanted to be super communicative with my daughter and, and just be the person that my father was not with me. So um, I guess my father being the way that he was kind of developed me into the, the dad that I am today. You know, you kind of learn from his mistakes exactly just to kind of piggyback on what... Desmond was mentioning right now. What a beautiful uh, testimony that you both have that you can say, you know, because I lived and experienced this, it doesn't mean that I need to live that experience. Exactly. I have a new chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. Turn the page and learn from it and move forward. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that, guys. Thank you. Well, we've talked about things to consider uh, when dating and also about father involvement. So why don't we go a bit further? Let's talk about single parents remarrying and what this whole new step family dynamic can look like, the blended family. This is the yours, mine, and ours skit. Whoa, look at all these things. Don't touch that. It's fragile. Where's the Empire State Building? The Empire State Building's a joke. These are the 10 tallest buildings in the world. Nothing below 1,500 feet. This one's unfinished. Can I do some? No. I'm your brother now. We can share. You're my stepbrother. Okie dokie, artichokies. The moving trucks will be here at noon. Let's get this room packed up. Emma's not sharing, Dad. He's messing with the Shanghai Tower. He doesn't even know what it looks like. It's a building. It goes straight up. It's more complicated than that. Hey, Brian, uh, Cynthia, Mom is in the garage. Can you help her with the shelves? Sure. Thank you. Wow, he's right. These are amazing, Emma. I made them with my dad. Yeah. Yeah, well, your mother told me you'd have some 
very special items, which is why I got you this bubble wrap and this packing foam. Pretty neat, huh? I snagged it from work. It's called convoluted polyurethane. I can pack with my mom. She asked me to come up and help. I can do it myself, then. Okay. I get it. I'll start going through your closet. I don't want you to. We have to kind of get moving here, kiddo. Don't call me kiddo. All right. Emma. What's on your mind? Nothing. A smart kid like you? There's got to be something going on in there. I don't like this. Moving? No. This, your pep talk, I have it at already. I know. And I know that you love him. No one's trying to change that. But my job now is to make your mom happy. And it's important to me that you're happy too. Do you believe me? And I want to call you dad. What about Chuck? Okay. Cool. Now for your mom's sanity, we gotta finish packing this house up in the next four hours. I can start wherever you want. Should I start by taking your desk apart? Yeah. Great. So, I, um, I read that, ooh, I read actually that most of the tallest buildings in the world are in China. Why is that, do you think? They value beautiful architecture. Is that something you'd like to do one day, architecture? I'm going to be a structural engineer. Oh, wow! What's the difference between that and an architect? Okay, so we're back, and uh, we have two single parents that have decided to remarry, creating a new blended family. We met Brian, 12, Chuck's son from the first marriage, who was very friendly to his new stepsister, Emma, who is on a whole different uh, roller coaster, who also is 12, same age, but not too excited about the new family. Dr. Alicia Laos, what is it that parents that decide to create a blended family need to uh, consider before uh, remarrying? I think a lot of things. Right. <laughs> um, obviously, besides the logistics of moving and all that, I think um, emotionally, are you ready? You've got to grieve the one relationship that you've been, and that's going to take a process. And everybody has a different time frame of when that is. But, you know, you want to grieve that. Give yourself time to just hurt and, and just process mm -hmm. what didn't work. And get some insights, like kind of get a handle of what went wrong and understand the cycle because we tend to be the same people from relationship to relationship yeah. and so we want to know what are we attracting what are we doing so that we have a pulse on it and we don't repeat it in the future and so mm -hmm. just get a sense of what's going on and maybe you need to go to counseling or you need to you know just process it figure it out so that you don't repeat the worst version of yourself in another right. relationship that's just really important and then secondly with the kids just there's a lot of conversations that need to be had with them so that they can understand that do and your process research that. right yeah <laughs> do your yeah. research on all of them what is he like what is she doesn't like you know yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah definitely this one's for Desmond I know you mentioned you have a stepson mm -hmm. how was that experience for you in the beginning and how is it now this is great now and it started off really really good but some point after the start, we kind of hit some bumps. In one particular um, instance, it was like, hey, I don't want you to treat me like a kid. And he was 14. I said, okay, <laughs> uh, let's make a deal. I don't treat you like a kid. You want to be treated like a young man, right? I will always treat you like a young man. But here's the deal. If I'm going to treat you like a young man, comes young man responsibilities. <laughs> and we laid all of this out. And that was the start of our discipline relationship. 
Mm-hmm. If, if something got out of line, I always went back to that. And I always said I was going to treat you like a young man. But you also said that you're going to do these things. So if you're not going to do these things, I can't treat you like a young man. And these are the consequences to that. And once I got to understand him and his style, very quiet, don't really talk a lot, don't really share his emotions, teenagers. Um, <laughs> and, and I was able to communicate with him like he wanted to be communicated. We became real, real close. I only say this just to illustrate our closeness. Like when he comes back home now, he still comes home and he still stays with me. Although his relationship with his mom is, is still good also. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love the fact that he's comfortable enough to come back and, hey, I'm just going to stay with you. That's it's that connection. We go back to right. that connection. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think what you mentioned is a great point, too, about one of the tips that we want to give people when they are in blended relationships and how to manage that and how to transition step families and, and the kids. And, and basically, it's you move into the relationship and the discipline slowly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just a great example mm-hmm. of that. Instead of just kind of badgering it in and being kind of very authoritative or authoritarian, excuse me. They'll probably shut very, down. They right. shut they down. Build a wall. And what I did, I just let him develop his own way yeah. Yeah. of how he wanted me to be yeah. a disciplinarian with yeah. him. He developed that, and I just, okay, well, that's what you want. That's what we'll do. You kind of went along. Exactly. That was great. Dr. Lee Chet, can you share some tips with us as far as how uh, parents that are deciding to remarry, how can they prepare for the transition? Focusing on the children, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be some clash with different styles. You know, you're going to be one person might be more rigid, another might be more, you know, relaxed. So know those differences, but just make sure that somehow you're passing authority to the step parents Mm -hmm. and letting the kids know and giving them that role and that responsibility and it's going to be a process so just know you're going to have some objections because people you know one kid is used to one style and and there's going to be some friction and some Mm -hmm. roller coaster rides at the beginning before everybody kind of adjusts themselves and I think what we just mentioned moving slowly into that relationship and allowing the development of that relationship in order for that discipline to occur because otherwise it really creates more friction and it is more way more challenging than it would need to be and when you see if you see that resistance that friction how would you recommend parents take about that situation with the kids yeah I mean I think you got to just talk it out be real with the kids you know just be very honest be very real with them and it depends on the different circumstances but got to go with the flow speak to them directly and then at the end come up with some uh, norms and rules in the house that everybody can agree with make sure that they're clear and very specific with the, whatever they might be anything from going to bed on time you know these are the time frames mm-hmm. to the rules about going out and just you as a couple agree on them present them to the kids and then that way you can both present a, a front a united front these are rules that are good for all parents mm-hmm. and step families I think it's really important yes. um, because what happens is when one kid goes back home perhaps with one of the biological parents they've got a different set of rules and then mm-hmm. they come back home and there's a different set of rules and it can be a clash at the beginning they're going to be trying to fight it but if you have these standard rules if you will that you mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. go as a united front that's going to be easier to implement and eventually the kids will adjust. All righty. Well, it's been an interesting conversation, a great conversation as far as how we, we could become better single parents or better parents when we want to start a uh, blended family. Thank you once again to uh, Desmond Clark. I know you were mentioning that you have a book already and that you're working on another one. Did you want to right. just kind of add on that? Well, yeah. Um, the, the name of my uh, book that I have out now is Before and Beyond the Game. And as I was discussing with you, that, mm-hmm. that book was put out to reintroduce myself as a real person. Yes, sir. My, my wife, she used to get a kick. People used to come up. <laughs> 
oh, you're a real bear. And she just used to chuckle like, oh, I didn't know that you are a bear. That you, that you, that you. So, but, um, so, and, and then the second thing was to help mentor kids without saying that I was mentoring kids by really just showing what a whole man is, all the flaws and the good parts okay. um, with it. And, and my next book that I've started is um, One Life and just really saying, hey, we have this one life that we live and we need to do it right the first time. We don't get any do-overs. Yeah, we don't. And, and really stressing my five Fs, uh, faith, family, fitness, finance, and fun. Because I really believe when you put those things together, that's when you have the best chance of living a full, living life to the the fullest of his capacity. All right. I was also going to ask you how we can fix the Chicago Bears, but I guess we'll leave that up to another podcast. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 you know, that's, 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 that. a, that's a, I, I, you know, I, I they have to pay me a whole lot today, of money right. to, to, right. to figure that one out. All right, cool. <laughs> Where can we get your book? Right now, I only sell them when I'm out speaking. Okay. Um, but my next one, definitely, I'm working with a, um, a publisher where that, that'll be on Amazon and in bookstores also. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you all for being here. Thank you to our listeners uh, out there. Don't miss our next podcast. It's going to be a Mother's Day special. Mm, that's going to be nice. Nice. Yes. This is The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. Make sure to download it on iTunes and share it with your friends and just anybody and everybody that you know. Please do that. And for additional blogs, tips, and other resources, follow us on social media. Hashtag The Struggle is Real or para cortito, hashtag TSIR. <laughs> And FamilyBridgesUSA.com is the official website. That's right. Thanks for listening again. I'm Veronica Avila. And on this side, Omar Ramos. Till next, next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com. 